Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Alright, let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned in to episode one with 66, or is it 167? I think it's 166 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Um, sorry for the wait. I know I said on the mini pod I was gonna drop one um, you know, Monday morning or whatever, but uh something happened uh with my MacBook. So basically I updated to the um the the new os software the operating system uh, catalina or whatever and so then the audio program that i used to record which is called audacity which is the free um audio program and i like it just because how simple it is to record and um and it's one of those things where you know it's just me talking so it can just be a single track and you know yada 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 whatever it's just easy to use right so i'm trying to so i get it started right so i'm getting ready to try to get it to record and everything and so soon as i hit record i'm just getting a flat line like my mic like i'm using an m audio producer usb mic or whatever i got this for a steal years ago and it's uh it's not working like nothing is popping up so i'm on these message boards and everything like that and uh then i go to audacity's facebook page and right there on the pinned uh they have a pinned status right at the top and it's talking about do not update to os catalina i'm like god damn hamburger (laughs) you know what i'm saying so i so I, now I'm trying to find workarounds and things like that. So I found some on the um, uh, on a Mac forum and a and a Reddit Audacity forum. And uh, so basically, I'm still using Audacity, but I had to go in to the um, the terminal on my um, on my MacBook. So I'm using the black screen where you type in commands. So I found a command that works, and it's. Um, I don't know if y'all using audacity or whatever but it says it's open slash application slash audacity dot app slash content slash mac os slash audacity with a semicolon so i'm in here looking like a goddamn computer hacker and then it asks for permission to um use my usb microphone so hopefully this is going to turn out okay um it is is i got the wavelengths going so i am recording uh i just hope the quality ain't trash so i'm gonna have to go back and listen to the whole damn show i ain't did that in years since i first started doing this podcast so that's what took me so long i was you know going through it uh all day on uh what was that tuesday morning i was doing it i was in here like four hours testing it out and the sound quality is trash for some reason um i don't know what's going on but hopefully um 
you know i think it's on it's on max end it's on apple's end it's not on audacity's end but audacity is saying that they're trying to work with it so y'all let me know what audio programs y'all use um to record your podcast i know there's other podcasters who uh, listen to my show so just let me know just hit me up on um the durags and boat shoes facebook page or instagram um i really don't fuck with twitter too much twitter is becoming too much um to me twitter is becoming too much uh it's too not combative but you could just send out a simple tweet saying that you know hey i just got this new white ps4 controller you know what i'm saying and he's like i really like it you know i like how the the colors look to the contrast compared to a red the red controller that i had and then somebody's gonna come in your mentions talking about well what's wrong with the color red you know blah 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 do you have something against a red die or read something it's just too it's like get the fuck out of here you know it's too many people too many people on twitter think that their opinions are facts and that it's concrete and that you should agree with them and it's just it gets I, that's why i don't even fuck with my durags and boat shoes page and then on my regular omaha hostage page on twitter if you look at my twitter feed i'm just re retweeting like funny videos and jokes and shit like that because I scroll through and uh, I love everybody on my timeline, uh, which is that's that's the that's the one that I can really tolerate on that one. My do-rags and boat shoes. I follow a lot of people um, who always got something to say, you know, and it's just like, oh, why am I following some of these people? So I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's just it's not a healthy environment, so to speak, because it's just people get that opinions and facts blurred that line gets very blurred on twitter so i don't even fuck with that too much so if y'all let let me know what audio programs y'all using like i said i'm on audacity right now um i know other folks use like sonar and um garage band i was trying to play with that a little bit that took up a lot of time on tuesday but i couldn't figure i like i couldn't import my audio files because my audio files are in a do rags and boat shoes folder you know what i'm saying and so i couldn't import like the intro or none of my segments and it was like i would have to like uh transfer them into my itunes and all this other silly shit and i'm like get the fuck out of here so let me know what programs y'all using but we're gonna keep rocking with audacity and i'm apologizing right now if the sound quality is trash i'm still gonna get this out to y'all then i'm gonna try to do some heavy editing um tonight so Let's get started on that good old summer damn jam screen. Let's see what we got up there. Oh, so me and the wife, we went up to um, to her parents' uh, house, which is about, you know, hour and a half away, hour, hour and 45 minutes away from us. We went up there this past weekend to celebrate uh, her mom and dad's uh, birthdays, uh, my in-laws' birthdays, because they're both in October. And so... We went up there and, you know, we always try to download like a podcast, some some podcasts um, to listen to and things like that that we both will enjoy. And um, so I, I, I just went ahead and downloaded uh, LeVar Burton Reads. So this is amazing, right? So you thinking you about to get some reading rainbow shit, you know what I'm saying? So it's like these fiction stories and uh, it's him reading like short stories and each episode is almost an hour it's normally about 45 to 55 minutes 
and uh, you know there's a commercial break in between it and it just threw me off because the first story that we listened to um it was cool it was um what was the first story it was, it was about um basically these these kids or these young adults they stole a car and they were uh, about to fence it so they were about to sell it to a chop shop or whatever and then um they came across a biker who was actually a wizard and uh the the um somehow if you draw a pattern in the earth or whatever you can conjure up you know different uh monsters from another universe and so the um so he was about to blow up a bridge or something in the in the in the county that they were in because they were heading down to florida from somewhere up up north right so they would drive so it was the gps were taking them to like some small town out the way and all this other shit and uh so they came across this biker who got hit and uh he was like no you gotta stop and he showed them some magic and he was showing them how if you draw a design a certain way you can open a portal to another universe and that can import different monsters and demons and stuff like that and that's what the gps was doing and so that's why he was trying to blow up a bridge because the gps was basically having people drive a certain way to draw a pattern on the earth so huge monsters could come attacking so he was talking about the bikers that you see on the freeway or the highway are actually wizards and they're here to protect you and all this other shit so it was a, it was a decent short story but lavar burton got to cursing his ass off when he was talking about the story i'm like yo reading rainbow what's your profanity like what is going on here so that just threw me smooth the fuck off because i thought it would be something that because they're like there were some curse words in the thing like ass and you know stuff like that damn you know nothing hardcore but my man was dropping the f-bombs he was like i love stories like this because it's like what in the fuck is going on i was like i was like yo this is my the blind man from star trek this is this is reading rainbow butterfly in the sky i can go twice as high take a look it's in a book like what is going on here i am appalled but y'all check that out if you like short stories and fiction and things like that because he's very soothing it reminded me of my childhood but i'm like this is reading rainbow and he didn't you know hit that yak a little bit had some cavassier or something you know what i'm saying so make sure y'all check, check out that lavar burton reads podcast because that's just gonna throw you off hearing him curse i'm like kunta kente out here just saying it with his chest like what the fuck is going on here all right so what else we got on that summer jam damn screen uh what is going on with this whole uh, tatiana jefferson thing if y'all don't know y'all been sleeping up under a rock out there in fort worth a sister named uh, tatiana uh, jefferson was murdered in cold blood by um a cop who uh was responding to a wellness check okay and um yeah it was uh it was sad to see because dallas fort worth area you know they just went through some shit with joshua brown being assassinated and then before that uh you know he was this key witness in that uh botham john murder and then you had the forgiveness tour going around you know with botham john's family and shit like that so i just feel like that tour that forgiveness tour of them walking around you know being a spokesperson for all black folks in the dallas fort worth area talking about you know they forgive and all this other shit and maybe they can be friends with amber geiger who murdered their son in cold blood just kind of opened the door for this so basically what happened with this uh tatiana jefferson killing is um 
so um aaron dean is the is the race soldier that shot her so what happened was there was a somebody called the cops a neighbor called the cops because um jefferson's door was open or something and this and there was a wellness check or something like that and uh just to make sure it wasn't no funny business going on and so there's different reports of what i'm seeing but if you look at that footage it's up on uh sean king's uh instagram page aka talcum x y'all fucked up for calling him talcum x though um so it shows basically the cop just you know flashing his lights and he's like put your hands up and then bam just shooting right away and so the nephew she was playing video games with her nephew and so the nephew was saying that tatiana had her pistol because she heard some noise outside which i guess was the cops or whatever and so she i guess she went to the window to see but i don't see all that in that uh the um the body cam footage so some people saying that you know that it's some bullshit but the nephew saying that she grabbed her pistol to you know keep him safe and check outside and all this other shit so i don't know what's going on but if you look aaron dean really ain't in the news it's like this family the family is beefing over some some money issues or some shit so lee merritt he catching hell from uh, from black americans right now because people are starting to expose him as you know another crump you know what i'm saying as far as really not you know prosecuting uh these race soldiers and things like that is it's more so they, they some people calling him an ambulance chaser uh some people are just saying he's just a settlement lawyer you know so the families could get money and shit like that and that's why the botham john family is out here you know apologizing and shit like that so they can get a check and you know so he's being exposed and so he's working with one side of the family like the mama and the aunt and then they threw he threw up a GoFundMe for them, which is at you know a quarter of a million dollars right now being raised. And I don't know what's that going towards. I, I guess funeral costs or something of that extent. And I guess legal fees. I don't know. But the father came out, Marquise Jefferson, and he was like, you know, I can pay for the funeral. There's already insurance policy out. And so they've been having these like war to words back and forth. And then they got the the courts involved and then they canceled the funeral and now the funeral is back up and all of this raggedy shit that they doing you know going back and forth and shit like that and i think that the mama side of the family they really want to get their hands on that quarter of a million dollars because i know the mama is sick and then you know it just sounds like the auntie is just trying to cash out you know what i'm saying it's stun on niggas but i don't know that's just what i perceive you know so that's what it seems like but the daddy is like you know he said in his press press conference uh as a rebuttal to the initial press conference uh on the mama side of the family he was talking about like this is just predatory you know preying on people who don't know what they can do to help out the family and you know they don't need help burying the the, the body at all burying the young girl the young lady um but they need to seek justice you know what i'm saying but the family the mama side of family is like they worried about that bag they see you know them them hundreds of thousands of dollars it's like oh shit you know what i'm saying so that 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 you know that that money got to talking to them and now they trying to you know disavow you know disown him we don't fuck with him and he ain't the real daddy and all this other shit but she has his last name 
you know what i'm saying and they do kind of look alike they do favor each other so this is what's fucked up is them going back and forth on this dusty shit and ain't nobody really talking about the police officer aaron dean you know what i'm saying nobody's talking about aaron dean at all all you keep hearing about is right now is just the family this tug of war with the family now the funeral was on i guess it's supposed to be tomorrow at 11 maybe i don't know but this is just kind of it's kind of muddy in the waters and it's focused on the wrong thing you know it's focused on the wrong thing they should be focusing on aaron dean the police officer that killed her you know what i'm saying so he was arrested then got out on bond or whatever and he quit before they could fire him you see what i'm saying so it's one of those things where it's just like yo why are we you know going on a wellness check under you know treating it like it's an armed robbery and in, in, in root or something you know what i'm saying it's happening right now it's just the craziest shit but this family beefing back and forth we can't focus on the facts of the case you know because you know we arguing about money on a gofundme it's been thrown up it's just it's wild it's crazy and this ain't how you get justice it's not it's not and i don't even know what they raising that money for because the daddy was talking about you know he already got the funeral cost covered so i don't know you know that's that's weird to me you know what i'm saying it's weird like i could see like if it said you know in the description about you know like legal fees and seeking justice and things like that and if the young girl didn't have life insurance but apparently she does on the daddy side so this is just this is some strange shit some very strange shit going on right now all right let's see what else we can put up on that summer damn jam screen you know what came in the mail um I'm, I'm i've been trying to step up my little fashion game anybody that knows me outside of this podcast knows that i wear anything and some fly kicks that that is that is my uh that is my forte that is my style i just have to have on a fresh pair of kicks everything else can fall into place but my uh my clothing is um you know, I, I could really step it up, right? I'm 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 staring on the I'm on the downside. Next month I'll be 36. I'm on the down slope of 30, right? So I'm creeping into I'm about to creep into my 40s in about four years, right? So I've started getting uh, GQ magazine, right? Gentlemen's Quarterly, right? So I started getting that, and uh, a lot of folks have been talking about this one with uh pharrell this and it, it has him on the cover in a gown that looks like a bubble coat it's like a big ass dress a bubble coat dress is made out of that material and it says the new masculinity starring pharrell an exploration of identity culture and style in 2019 so i know black folks jumped on it like man what the fuck another nigga in a dress like why we always got to be in dresses and shit like that i had that same sentiment so i was like you know what let me read this shit because most of the time <clears throat> excuse me i just thumb through and look at the fashion trends and shit like that and um a lot of times they'll have athletes in there because i'm a big dude and uh so i'll look at like what the athletes are wearing and shit like that to try to you know kind of you know get a get a grip on uh my fashion and try to step my game up and so i was just like i was like let me go ahead and read through this see what this nigga pharrell talking about and so they had tarana burke in here talking to some uh talking about what men can do 
and all this other stuff to be better men and then um they had some folks that identified as men and so i went and, and read the pharrell interview because i really wanted to read it and they asked him about putting on the gown for the cover and so he was talking about that basically he was like yeah that's it you know that's it for my my brand my person my image you know what i'm saying and he was talking about that he only dresses crazy you know for his image right when he's at home he dresses like a regular man he dresses in like cut off dickies and t-shirts and some sneakers that's it but he's selling a brand that's why he's on the cover looking like that so he's just playing a part right so the problem with this new masculinity is you know you have a brother on the cover in a full-on gown right so they always have to put black men in it to sell the idea that it's cool Re remember all right so keep that in mind so because black men black women black culture is the coolest thing on the planet right especially black american culture coolest thing on the planet i seen something on twitter they were talking about australian rap is you know is fire or some shit and this this nigga was using all kind of american slang sounding like uh goddamn uh what is that the the crocodile not the crocodile hunter but uh what is that something something dundee crocodile dundee and shit i was like this ain't wavy but anyway he needs to find his flow but so they always put black men in these types of things like remember when uh um asap rocky was at that gucci um uh what was it that gucci fat was a gucci fashion show it was something he was and he had a fucking scarf on his head you know looking like somebody's grandmama so they always put black men in this so it'll be like looked at as cool and hip and so more people can jump on that wave um so that's why you see the majority of black men you know being trotted out in this uh new masculinity type bullshit you know what i'm saying and uh i was read i read through this whole thing i read i read through this whole thing and they were talking about higher masculinity and all this other shit and um pharrell's actually you know in the cover spread or whatever in his cover story he's not wearing anything feminine at all and he was talking about how sometimes he would wear you know like a woman's shirt or something you know like a gucci shirt or some shit like that that's kind of fire uh that looks good on him because of his slim frame but you won't ever catch him in a belt in a per uh not a belt a purse a dress <laughs> a dress you wouldn't ever catch him in a dress or a skirt or something like that but it's like nigga you was right on the cover you know rocking that shit but it's it's whatever it's whatever but then there's like a picture of him crying and shit like that um you know what i say men cry in the dark we do i mean you can cry in front of your wife if you're sharing your feelings and shit like that y'all need to be on that intimate of a level but don't let the world see you crying i'm gonna keep it 100 because uh they will pounce on that and see it as a weakness and that's it, it's hard being a man i'm gonna keep it all the way 100 and i think that's why a lot of um a lot of males out here we call them males and not men are you know running around here trying to redefine masculinity because it's hard to be a protector and a provider it's hard work but that's why you have that's why you have testosterone flowing through your body so physically you'll be gifted enough to be a protector and a provider you know what i'm saying but i think socially it's just so fucking hard so it's like oh well let's redefine it you know let's redefine masculinity and what it means to be a man 
right to make it easier and i was i was talking to my wife about this uh as i was reading this issue and i feel like you know this is a changing of the guard we're seeing the participation trophy kids grow up and it's hard it's hard being a real adult it's hard being a man it's hard being a woman in this society it's tough right so now you're just trying to you know you're looking to redefine certain things because you're talking about it ain't working no it's not working for you because you don't want to work hard that's what i honestly feel i feel like it's a whole wave of you know males out here who just don't want to do the work you know they don't want to you know roll up their sleeves get some calluses on their hands some blisters on their feet you know what i'm saying and scrape their knuckles you know to start you know being a protector and a provider because that's what being a man is all about you know what i'm saying that's 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 my honest take on it so now we're trying to redefine it and so you got just a bunch of you know participation trophy kids who are now adults and they're just like oh this shit is hard well i don't identify as a man you know that was what i was assigned at birth you know what i'm saying so now it's just going through and just trying to change society's perception of what a man should be but you you really just can't change genetics because you know deep down inside you're supposed to be out here providing and protecting that's what you're supposed to be doing but you conflicted and you out here just acting crazy let me let me tell y'all something like have you ever thought how fucking weird it is you see these people on social media talking about toxic masculinity and talking about how men ain't shit or men are trash but at the same time they'll you know start drooling and bigging up people like young ma the rapper she is literally a, a a caricature of a man like that's literally what she is like if you listen to her interviews you listen to her songs but in the same breath men are trash and you're just like this is a, this is literally a caricature of a man that you bigging up she just got you know breasts in a vagina you see what i'm saying it's, it's the craziest shit it doesn't make sense when you actually start thinking about it and a lot of times i think they're using the tactic of purposed confusion like right now we're seeing that um always the um the feminine hygiene products they're going to remove the the female symbol on there you know what i'm saying the the circle with the cross you know below they're removing either the female symbol or something like that because not everybody that uses their products identify as female i'm like wait what no you're still a female i mean i can see if you said don't identify as a woman but you still bleeding down there you know what i'm saying it's just like a trans man who or a trans woman who get they you know they junk chopped off and get it inverted into a vagina you still gonna have to go get a prostate exam once you hit 40 you know what i'm saying so it's just like it's purpose confusion and so this whole uh issue of gq you know it got uh some brother out here you know got his got his hips out and you know shoulder up and he's up here you know talking about um a lot of stuff that he uh he's struggling with as far as masculinity and things of that sort and you know i think it was just that participation trophy crowd you know a lot of the parents let them down you know a lot of the um so you see a lot of brothers out here looking lost they lost in the sauce lost in the world fucked up in the game looking unfamiliar because 
you know, a lot of these participation trophy kids, they didn't have they OGs, they didn't have their fathers, you know, because they got swept up in that war on drugs. You know, they got swept up in mass incarceration, you know, or they mama just laid up with a dusty nigga. You know what I'm saying? So they start taking on these feminine traits because they were just being raised by strong women. You see what I'm saying? But being a strong woman can't make you, you know, taking on the characteristics of a strong woman can't make you a strong man. You know what I'm saying? Because then you start doing stuff, you know, like a woman would do and it just doesn't work for you. The world ain't going to give you, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of empathy and shit like that. Because they see you as a man, you better roll up your sleeves and get that shit done, playboy. You see what I'm saying? So this, I just feel like this is just making excuses um, for a lot of shit out here. You know, they got brothers in here with blouses on. And uh, talking about the future of men's fashion is female. Um, and so it's just a play on words. Um, and it's talking about female designers, which I have no problem with. But it's just that wordplay right there. The future of men's fashion is female. Y'all hear me thumbing through this book. And um, and so you, so it's just a lot of cross-dressing in here. It's, it's just a lot of that. And then there was something interesting in here. Let me see here. So they had Hannah Gatsby in here, who's a comedian who's, who uh, takes on toxic masculinity, and she out here dressed like Steve Jobs. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. It is it's just utterly crazy to me that you have these people talking about toxic masculinity, but at the same time, they bigging up, you know, lesbians who act like a caricature of a man. You know what I'm saying? Running around here you know acting just just like the manliest man there is exhibiting toxic behaviors and shit like that it's 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 i can't wrap my mind around it i'm trying to but i can't because i feel like it's purpose confusion then they got some brother in here who's wearing a dress and he's an artist and he's painting and shit like that and he got all these dollar store tattoos on him and shit like that he looked like bizarre from d12 that nigga looked just like bizarre the fat nigga from d12 let me see here. What else we got up in here? Um, there was a dope piece in here with um, Killer Mike and his uh, wife, uh, Shanna. And basically, it's just talking about how, how he's the brand, but she's the, the mind behind it. I like that. That was dope. Because basically, she's the one who masterminds him, you know, doing everything. As far as, you know, the um, the businesses and shit like that, she's that one who's running the books and shit like that. He's just a brand because he's well known, but she's the one who put that battery in his back. And that's what I was talking about when I was talking about submission and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Because you go out there and you do the man does stuff for his woman. You know what I'm saying? She puts that battery in his back. She's actually the brains behind every fucking thing. So, like, he can be out here talking about this my shit, blah, blah, blah. But it was her idea. She's the one who's actually doing the work. And he's bringing the money right back to her. So, like, yeah, stroke his ego. Okay, go ahead, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? But I'm really the one running this shit. And that's, that's just how it is. And I found something. They had some woman on here. Uh, what is this woman's name? What is it? Who's this white woman dressed like a man? Asia Kate Dillon. She's an actress. Oh, they say she's an actor. I'm sorry. She's not an actress. She's an actor. Um, she has roles in John Wick Chapter 3 um, and something in Billions. And so I found this interesting right here. So she was talking about she was assigned as someone who was assigned a female at birth. 
you know so they asked her in addition to your advocacy around gender you're also a vocal supporter of black lives matter has your journey with gender influenced your work with other social justice movements or vice versa and she says as someone who was assigned female assigned female at birth i was already a marginalized person then on top of that i'm queer and non-binary and trans what does that mean wouldn't you just be queer how are you non-binary and trans queer means out the way means is is not normal how are you queer non-binary and trans like how do you not identify as something but you identify as something how are you transgendered but you non-binary so she's saying, so I have several marginalized identities and I feel like that's what it is. I have another theory, right? So on top of my theory about the participation trophy babies, you know what I'm saying? It's being too hard. But at the same time, you got this white woman who's the only marginalized group that she's in is the, the women group. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Because white women share the power structure with white men. That's all what the feminist movement is about, right? The ability to oppress non-white people equally as their male counterparts. That's all what the, the white feminist movement is. That's what it is uh, up and down. You can talk to a so-called black feminist who who've been in organizations with white feminists and they always try to mute them and put them on the back burner because it's it, it's always been about sharing the power dynamic with the white male over non-white people especially here in america right so this woman is talking about she is queer non-binary and trans and then she was assigned female at birth right so she has several marginalized identities, right? So this is basically these participation trophy babies who, you know, they all got the same trophy as a kid. Nobody stood out because everybody got a pat on the back just for showing up. So now you trying to be in being a marginalized identity because you want to stand out because you never felt that growing up. You know, you never achieved anything, you know, growing up, you know, as a child. That's some deep shit, right? You know, you show up somewhere, you work hard, but this motherfucker over here didn't do nothing. So everybody got a fucking trophy. So now you up here making up shit while well, I'm trans, I'm non-binary, I'm queer. You know what I'm saying? Just to, so you could try to stick out. You know what I'm saying? So you can get that attention. Hey, I'm an individual. Look at me. I just made up all these these pronouns right here. But look at me. You know what I'm saying? So that's another theory that I have. This is uh, another side effect of the participation trophy generation. That's what it is. But she was saying, let me continue reading this. And I also carry white body privilege that doesn't negate my talent, uh, my innate gift. It just means that even though I carry these marginalized identities that she made up, I still hold power in rooms where there are queer people of color, for example. For me, it's an understanding that when I'm working to make the world safer for other people, I'm also working to make it safer for myself. We're all in it together. This woman is making up shit so she will be in a marginalized group because it is fucking bland and boring just being a white woman. That's what it is. So being a white woman in today's society is just like being a child in the participation trophy era. That's what it is. Ain't got to work hard, but here you go. Here you go. That's some bullshit. I don't know. I feel like I'm going off on a rant here, but this whole magazine just pissed me smooth the fuck off. But there was a good article in there 
uh, called The Group. And it was talking about a group of men out in Brooklyn. They would get together and they would sift through and discover their deepest feelings, you know, their fears, desires, their shortcomings, and hoping they be, they become a better man. So I would encourage fellas to actually do that if you can have a group of friends that you trust and you know just talk about you know what you're going through what you're feeling you know if you shed a tear or two you know niggas gonna flame you but hey it is what it is you're gonna feel better because uh what did jay electronica say he said my my uh my brain spills water out my tear ducts to heal me right so there's nothing wrong with a good cry but like i said most men cry in the dark you know that's how i do it you know what i'm saying i ain't gonna be out here showing the world that i'm fucking crying and shit so it could be more predatory on my black ass it don't work like that right but i would encourage y'all to be healthy you know be in a circle of friends and you know just kind of you know have a beer and just kind of talk shit out you know you ain't got to be sitting there watching sports or y'all playing 2k or some shit like that just kind of sit talk and just have a deep conversation with each other you know what I'm saying about what you facing in this life. You know, it's tough and it would be dope to just, you know, if we could get that going across the, the U.S., that would be dope, especially for black males to just kind of have a, a group session. You know, just sit around in a circle, you know what I'm saying, and just kind of, you know, express what you're going through and what you're feeling, because a lot of times especially with men you know people don't really ask you how you're doing you know what i'm saying people ask you but you know you're just supposed to be like i'm fine i'm cool you know what i'm saying but you're not always fine you're not always cool you know what i'm saying but that's 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 something dope to be shared you know if you don't have a professional uh you know mental health professional in your life you know what i'm saying if you can't afford one so start a support group all right and then they had some, I knew they was going to have some fuck shit in here. They had something about, um, in this new masculinity, they had in the beauty part. It said, they have an article about niggas in makeup. It says, and I quote, one day we'll look back on the era when makeup was only for women and think, huh? Here we gathered, gathered seven fearless actors, musicians, and models to embrace the glorious now of male beauty. So then they got some nigga out here with a unibrow. There's a white boy. Look like he got a powdered wig on. And he, he just out here looking like a crackhead Madonna. Then you got some nigga out here with dreads looking like Black Jesus with some uh, eyeshadow on. Then they got Billy Idol. You know, it was a gimmick. It was a rock, He was a rock star. He was a gimmick. You know what I'm saying? But then they got this Asian cat, Jackson Wayne. Never heard of him. He in here, you know, trying to give a sexy flexy face with his his lips all colored. And then they got a uh, Gabrielle Luna. This is the actor. He's in that new Terminator movie. He's playing the bad guy, and he in here with his fingernails painted and shit, trying to look cool in a blouse and some bangles on his wrist and shit like that. Then they got another black Jesus looking ass nigga. He got on a fur jacket and he got his look like he got some contacts in with green eyes and then you know he got his face beat to the gods and shit then there's another nigga here uh let me see here he got some eye makeup on and shit like that my nigga ain't nobody gonna fuck with y'all like that you know what i'm saying ain't no woman gonna deal with y'all like that but maybe y'all don't like women you know what i'm saying maybe y'all don't like women i ain't saying that you can't be masculine and gay but don't be trying to like blur the lines and shit and call a spade and i'm just calling a spade a spade you know what i'm saying don't call a heart a spade 
you know what i'm saying the whole whole thing i i wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt because i'm like let me read through this you know maybe niggas on the internet is taking this you know uh just at face value and not actually looking at the value inside and uh niggas on the internet was right so uh what is this damn about 40 minutes let me leave it to my nigga hove still looking funny in the light but um hove talk to these people don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right thank you so much tyrone biggums for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope uh we have to give it to the black and brown coalition that we have uh so-called going on in america right now i should say the so-called black and brown coalition uh we seen that one woman um that was on uh instagram saying nigga uh the hispanic lady i forgot her name um she was the same one who was uh trying to shit on blogzilla because he was talking to uh the the young girl from blackish you know the young lady from blackish talking about how she was a role model for black girls and then she chimed in and tried to all lives matter his comment and he was just like no black girls and um so that you know we I, I yeah i catch my i have to catch myself saying i know y'all done caught me on a podcast saying black and brown and shit like that and the, the brown never really you know shows love back you know they 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 never speak about you know when they're facing issues they don't include black folks with it so we really have to stop saying black and brown and let me give you a prime example we're going to talk about julia acosta Grauman. uh she was a she was a, a civil rights investigator for the human relations council out there in dayton and um she was uh escorted from a bar by a black bartender because she was getting a little too drunk and then she was talking about black folks you know were unappreciative dogs this is why i don't like representing black folks and she was hoping that the bartender who was black get contacted by the the kkk just talking crazy and then she was eventually fired because everything that that brother was saying was true you know after they did an investigation because they was just gonna put her on like some kind of probation or some shit like that at her job and this is supposed to be a civil rights investigator you know investigating civil rights claims you know what i'm saying civil rights and uh, violations now you have to start looking at all these people kind of funny in the light you see what i'm saying because how many cases did this woman look over that you know she couldn't have found any civil rights um you know violations happening because she didn't want to help some black folks and so i want black folks to just stop 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 doing this whole black and brown black and brown communities black and brownness policed more uh, let the brown folks hold their own nuts just do it i mean we just see this more and more we try to build allyship or coalitions with everybody but ourselves right we do this all the time and these other groups end up shitting on us or they'll get what they need out of the um, alliance and then they go on and handle their own business and they leave us you know holding the crumbs you know if there if there are any crumbs left you know what i'm saying so we have to stop it we really have to stop it um this is just some this this is just puzzling to me so i think this woman probably jumped in civil rights uh you know jumped in this just for a job or to help her own people 
You know what I'm saying? So this, oh man, this is, and I told y'all before how a lot of these Hispanics think that they're white. And, uh, you know, uh, who was it? The Mexicans, the literal Mexicans south of the border. What was that back in the, during the Great Depression? What was that, the 20s? The Great Depression happened, and um, there was the uh, census was about to come out or something, and they were thinking of adding uh, Mexican as a race, and uh, a lot of people from the um, from those Mexican um, like um, um, groups, those uh, coalitions, those Mexican coalitions, was like, nope, we're white, we are white. We want to be considered white because we see how you treat them Negroes and all this other shit. And when um, and then I think part of some of those agreements when the U.S. was purchasing land from Mexico, like New Mexico, California, Texas and shit like that. I think it was drawn in there that they would have to consider Mexican people white. They would have to treat them like whites. Because they see how shitty that them white folks was treating blacks, right? So they always been on that coon train. So I get tired of, you know, hearing black and brown, black and brown, black and brown. And I think black folks are just really starting to wake you up and trying to starting to realize that we really don't have any allies. You know, for someone to be an ally, y'all both have to have a common goal, right? Y'all have to both be working towards something right or it's one of those things there's something in it for me and there's something in it for you and we have a mutual enemy or a mutual goal that we have to get to but the problem is black folks want liberation and they don't care if it's through separation with these other groups they want to just be uh validated by the dominant white society right so once they get to the point where they're seen as americans it's just like oh how come you niggas ain't uh, picking yourselves up by your bootstraps? I did it. You know, how come you're not doing this and this? And then they start writing books and shit about how black folks need to do better and all this other shit. Like, what's that that black ass Indian? Um, that black ass Indian who over here to be talking crazy. It ain't Bobby Jindal, that motherfucker who changed his name to Bobby Jindal. And then he uh, changed his first name to Bobby. And then he, like, whitened his... Uh, his uh his official portrait you know in his office or some shit what, what is that it's just black as hell and indian i forgot his name but he be he be always posting shit about how black americans need to be doing this this and this and if they if, if he could do it and all this other shit it's like fuck you fuck you you know most of those groups want to assimilate and uh become white and we just want to we just want our freedom and liberation you know what I'm saying? That's what we want. So don't fall for the okie doke. If somebody coming around you trying to get you to join their cause and fight for your cause, you just let them know like, hey, you know, I'm a little busy. I'm worried about my people right now. You don't even got to say that. Just be like, you know, I'll think about it. And then you put some thought into it and you can't do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just more and more stories are coming out like this. And this and this is disgusting to be a civil rights investigator and then saying anti-black spewing anti-black rhetoric once you get some some liquor in you so you've been feeling like that all along because we know uh you know beer and liquor is truth juice you know what i'm saying that been on your heart for a long time so why would you 
become a civil rights investigator because one you're trying to help your own people and two you're trying to undermine you know black folks who come to you with a credible claim so i'm have to i just have to really catch myself when saying black and brown and i have brown friends you know what i'm saying but as a group i gotta worry about black folks you know what i'm saying but that's been selling hope like damn dope like this is really a heartbreaking story i should have had that in hold this l because you think that you go through the right channels and doing the right thing and that just makes you kind of think you know when you start going to these little organizations you know and talking about your civil rights been violated and you have claims of racism and then they just be like oh we did an investigation and it's unfounded so did the invisible empire did they fucking infiltrate you know civil rights groups could be could be you know this is a, a prime example of you know liberal racism you know what i'm saying just oh I'm, I'm 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 an ally not really but anyway that's been selling hope like damn dope this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so moving on to holding this l there's it's more from this uh this whole um Botham John's family may he rest in peace um so his apology tour has probably opened up the door for an appeal and today news broke that um one of Amber Geiger's attorneys has filed paperwork preserving her ability to appeal the murder conviction and sentence so her attorney Michael Maula he filed the notice uh, of appeal last week. And then uh, her lead trial attorney was saying that you have 30 days by statute to file a notice or intent to appeal. So the lawyer that's handling the appeal filed that just to preserve the right. Um, you have to do that. So they're probably going to wait until, you know, black America, uh, you know, gets uh, riled up about something else. And then they'll quietly file that appeal. And then next thing you know, here she here she is home a year later. You know what I'm saying? So that uh, that whole apology tour that didn't help shit. I know Lee Merritt was talking about that. Uh, he was conflicted and all this other shit. And but then before he was talking about how you know when families go on a apology tour they can get a bigger settlement from the city which is nothing but the taxpayers money and like i said before that money needs to be coming out of them that cops pension all them cops pensions and you know those police union funds that's where that money needs to be coming out of coming up out that that budget that public safety budget you know what i'm saying that way you know so so the so-called good cops can suffer too because it's just like oh there's only a couple bad apples well you need to pick them rotten apples out so your so your uh, precinct can thrive you know what i'm saying i just i can't believe that that family was out here you know on a goddamn forgiveness tour that's what's so crazy to me you know how crazy that is like man like that 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 so-called good book got these folks brainwashed boy brainwashed to the utmost degree utmost degree you know while these people are looking at the bible in terms of you know what i'm saying protecting yourself and defending yourself and you know fighting for your freedoms you know other folks is you know us we looking at it like 
goddamn, we gotta forgive our enemies and all this other shit, and we'll get heaven on earth after, after we die, you know what I'm saying, it's just like, what the fuck, like, it's just crazy how, how you can look at a book, and it's be perceived in different ways, and, you know, acted upon in different ways, but anyways, um, that forgiveness tour, that whole legal team, that whole family gonna have to hold this L because she gonna be home in less than five years. I can call that right now. What's your name? You win. Perfect. All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. Uh, we have to give it to that brother up in Oregon, uh, Keenan Lowe. Uh, he was up in, he coaches football and track. And he works as the security guard at a Portland school. And I know y'all seen that video. I hope we hope y'all seen it. It's like security footage uh, at a school. And uh, he's like bear hugging uh, a student who and he took the shotgun away from him. This uh, guy was uh, what's his name? Angel Angel Granados Diaz. Uh, he was coming in there to shoot up the school. And uh, he actually wrestled the gun away from him inside the classroom and then got him up out that classroom. And then that's when you see the kind of the aftermath of him hugging the guy and, you know, passing that shotgun off to a teacher while hugging the young man. And that is that takes some bravery right there. That takes some bravery, because remember down there in that Parkland shooting. Uh, was that down there in Florida? They they fired that cop or whatever because he his ass ran off and I think they charged him with something. You know his scary ass. He, he left. He was like fuck this. He was like fuck them kids and he left. So uh, just shout out to this brother um, for disarming him. And then this brings up that you know that age old debate. You know when we see situations like this and this man can you know disarm somebody without a gun and you know see the humanity in him why can't the police do the same thing this man wasn't even i don't even believe he was trained you know to actually go after an active shooter you know what i'm saying so just shout out to that brother because that is some crazy shit you know and he was talking about how he actually received a call or something uh, he was called to the classroom, you know, to take a student to the counseling office. But he said when he was in the classroom, he said for less than a minute, that's when that student walked in with a gun. So that's that's a little suspect right there. That's kind of odd. Like they called the security guard down to that office to take somebody to the counselor's office. He get there. Then that boy walks walks in with that shotgun. So then that uh, Granados uh, Diaz, he was um, he said that he was only going to harm himself during the incident. I'm like, that's some bullshit. He didn't want to catch them attempted murder charges. That's what that was. So they only charged him with. Uh, let's see here. He got three years probation. And let me see what they let me see what they charged him with. Um three years probation and he's receiving treatment for mental health issues and substance abuse all right so he got one count of unlawful possession of a firearm in a public building and one count of unlawful possession of a loaded firearm in public okay all right but yeah still shout out to that brother that video is is gut-wrenching to watch but man just shout out to keenan lowe coach keenan lowe just 
disarming and saving some lives. I don't think that boy was about to, you know, blow his brains out in that classroom. He was going to shoot some students and then he probably was going to blow his brains out to take the easy way out. But, you know, not all heroes wear capes. You know, some of them are, you know, football and track coaches that disarm school shooters. All right, so moving on to our last segment of the show, health over wealth. You know what I say, without your health, you cannot enjoy your wealth. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about the hammer effect. If you guys are too young to remember, talking about MC Hammer. All right, so I didn't know that uh, MC Hammer actually got his name from looking like Hank Aaron. Like he used to dance for the Oakland A's or whatever as a kid. And then remember, they used to call uh, Hank Aaron Hammer and Hank because he was knocking out them home runs. So that's how he got the name Hammer, MC Hammer. But anyways, you know, we're working on our goals. We're at the end of the year. Some of us have moved up in another tax bracket. I hope you have. Um, You know, you got a little bit more money in your pocket. And so now you're experiencing the hammer effect right so you're rising you're getting some money now people got their hand out and you out here just feeding a bunch of people all right so this is for y'all okay stop stop you cannot you cannot save the drowning man you know what i'm saying if you got a hole in your own boat you know what i'm saying so if they clawing and scratching trying to come at you while you trying to seal up your own boat you can't help everybody you know everybody you can't help everybody you know what good is it of you moving up in a tax bracket but you're the only one that made it and everybody around you is content where they at because they can ask you for money you know what i'm saying that's how hammer went broke he was giving everybody and their mama a job out there in oakland everybody was a dancer some people was paid just to stand there you know, on stage with their arms crossed. You know what I'm saying? So you have to take care of yourself. You know, you have to you have to be a little bit selfish. You know what I'm saying? You can you can do favors, but don't let a favor morph into an obligation. Okay? I'm gonna say that again. Don't let a favor morph into an obligation. Alright, you doing them a favor. You're not obligated to it you're not don't let it morph into that then that's when it then that's when you got somebody on your payroll and you back down in the down in the lower tax bracket okay you have to take care of yourself and you have to put those people around you who ain't up on game put them up on game if they ain't trying to work towards it well i'm sorry for you you know what i'm saying you got to give them the game you know so they can start you know pushing through and stepping stepping it up and getting to another tier another level new level new devils but that's the same for you you know a lot of a lot of that you know you're gonna be hurt you know when a lot of when you stop paying for a lot of folks you know phone bill lights gas you know giving somebody you know 40 50 dollars every week you know what i'm saying or every other day you know you gotta stop that shit and I was in what what made me think of this for health over wealth is uh, I was listening to I Don't Stress. That's that's one of my workout songs by Nipsey Hussle off of I think it was that Slauson Boy um, mixtape. I think that's what it is. And he says, you feed them what you want because that's your kill, nigga. 
and that's some of the realest shit ever you know what i'm saying and you know you feed them what you want because you the one out here grinding and getting it you know what i'm saying and if you got a circle of friends you don't ever want to be that one that doesn't didn't make it that doesn't make it you know what i'm saying so you got to put that work in and grind but once you start putting that work in and you grind and you start reaching an, another level you know everybody can't come with you now, i'm gonna just keep it 100 a lot of people can't come with you and sometimes that includes family you know what i'm saying so if you find yourself in a situation where you know everybody on the bottom floor and you was there too and everybody just trying to scratch and survive and then you start you know leveling up because you start hustling a little bit harder you know and then that you know everybody that's on that bottom floor they might get a little jealous you know if you and then especially if you stop you stop helping and then that's when you start making some enemies excuse me i seen something well on the boxing finesse I believe that was the Instagram page and it was Mike Tyson talking about, uh, you know, how your enemies get to know you, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, once you start rising up, you know, it'd be them, them so-called friends that really kind of turn on you. You know, it ain't nobody that really doesn't know you. They can really, you know, become an enemy. It's that person that's close to you and watched you, you know, kind of rise up through the ranks. And then they start hating because they their life is stagnant, you know. So you have to watch people like that because, I mean, some of y'all take care. Some of y'all right now, y'all taking care of your enemies right then and there. And once you, you know, you, you stop, you know, feeding that person, you see what happens. You know what I'm saying? So this is this is a, a message geared to, you know, a couple of people specifically that I know. You know, that they reaching some new some new levels, some new plateaus, and uh, you know, they kinda being drawn back down. So I need y'all to quit that shit. Alright? So if this applies to you, you know, hopefully you take this advice, but there's nothing wrong with self-preservation, taking care of yourself, and there's nothing wrong with helping somebody. But like I said, don't let a favor morph into an obligation. You know, don't, you can't take on any more bills. You can't take on any more bills. And I said that twice because that's the truth. And then um, what they say on uh, the, the Ty Dollar Sign and uh, Kanye West song, Real Friends. And he said, Kanye said, please don't bother me with that bill shit. And then uh, Ty Dollar come in. He said, because everybody got them that ain't children. And that's the truth. You know, folks will start coming to you, talking to you like uh, like they, they the only person in the world with bills. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't out here, you know, paying all your bills and shit like that. We all got them. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 that takes some audacity to approach somebody and start talking to them. Like they ain't never paid a bill in their life and you need some money from them. You know what I'm saying? That's that's some that's some deep shit right there. So, you know, some people going to be mad at you. You know, I've experienced it before. You know, some folks get mad at you. They start huffing and puffing and, you know, they send you some threatening text messages. Not like, you know, they're going to hurt you some shit. But, you know, just some text messages that, you know, they start calling you fake, spoiled, you know, all this other shit. But, you know. Hey, you got to get it. I got it out the mud. You can too. All right. So this has been episode 166 of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. And as always, y'all know I love y'all. I'm sorry for the wait. And I will see y'all next week. Maybe I'll drop a mini dose. Maybe not. Who knows? But there'll definitely be a show next week. All right. One.